Our reading today comes from Galatians chapter 3, verse 23, through to chapter 4, verse 7. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptised into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ... Then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he's no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child, and since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Amen. God will bless his reading from his holy word. Let's just pray before we look at God's word together. Lord God, may the meditations of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Over the last five or ten years, maybe a wee bit longer, there has been a big upsurge in interest in mental health. I guess up until fairly recently, when someone said health to us, that our first thought was to do with physical health, whether the body is healthy or whether there are physical problems. But more recently, there has been an acknowledgement, and quite rightly, that each one of us has mental health. And sometimes our mental health is good. At other times, we may struggle in terms of our mental health in the same way that sometimes we physically struggle. Now, of course, there are many facets, aren't there, to, to mental health and many areas where people struggle. Two areas which are often highlighted are self-esteem issues. In other words, 
not feeling good enough. And quite often we'll see uh, on our news screens or on the internet uh, stories of people who, you know, just don't feel good enough. Either they're on Instagram or one of these other social media sites and they see people who look perfect and they think they are really imperfect when they see what all these people uh, look like. Self-esteem issues, not feeling good enough. Another area which is often highlighted in terms of mental health is identity issues, with people struggling to work out who they are and what defines them, and therefore feeling completely lost in their lives. Now, I'm not going to suggest this morning that being a Christian deals with all these issues, because it simply isn't true that when you become a Christian, that life is simply smooth and easy. We know that being a Christian can be hard at times. But of course, in an eternal sense, everything that we struggle with, bodily, physical health, mental health, will be worked out. That is the great Christian hope, isn't it? That at the end of time, God will work out all these things, and we will be with him forever and ever. But in a temporal sense, there are still many struggles that we have every day. That's true, isn't it? Now, what I want you to notice today in our passage in Galatians is that Paul deals with an identity issue, i.e., what is a Christian? What is the identity of a Christian? And once we work out that identity issue, that, of course, helps our self-esteem doesn't it? So, if you're coming to worship today and you're, you're just a bit downbeat and you're struggling and, you know, things are not great in your lives, this is an encouraging service to be at today. And hopefully, you'll leave this place today feeling 10 foot tall. Is that a deal? Okay. Now, last week, when we continued our series in Galatians, we saw how Paul highlighted the fact that the promise made to Abraham had come before the law was given to Moses, and that the law, given 430 years later, didn't set aside the promise made to Abraham. But rather, the law was given to show what sin was and to constrain it. But what Paul's main point, and I hope this came across last week, is it's always been about faith. Our relationship with God has always been about faith. Abraham trusted in God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. It was always about faith. But the promise made to Abraham still needed to be fulfilled, and it was. By who? By Jesus. Jesus who came, who came into the world as Emmanuel. And so last week we thought about how how God is faithful to his promise. And the promise made to Abraham had never been set aside. And so Paul highlights how Jesus has come, that the promises made to Abraham are fulfilled, and we, we as Christians are the beneficiaries of the promise. Now in verses 23 to 25 in our passage today, Paul tries to to tie this together 
by showing that from the time that the law came in with Moses, so 430 years after Abraham, until the time of Christ, the law was effectively a guardian during that time. So between Moses and Jesus, that's when the law took precedence. But what Paul then says is, but now Christ has come. Jesus has come into the world. And therefore, we're set free from the law. It's no longer our guardian. And we'll see this explained further in chapter 4. But the first thing I want to focus on today is in verses 26 to 29, which show the implications of faith. You see, if the promise made to Abraham is irrevocable, if the law is only a guardian until Christ came, well, what happens now, now that Jesus has come into the world? Well, this is where identity comes in. You see, Paul says that through faith in Jesus Christ, we are children of God. We are children of God. Now, I just want to stop there and let you think about that and let it soak in, because this is really, really important. You see, what is our identity? People are often pondering that question, aren't they? Asking the question as to to who they are, trying to, to find their place in the world. And the question for us is, if you're a Christian, what's your primary identity? Are you defined by your job title? Are you defined by your academic prowess? Are you defined by your family or your your background? What football team you support? How good you are at golf? I told you a few weeks ago I'm hopeless, so that would be a disaster. Are you defined how talented you are at baking? How big your house is? Or your car? No, of course not. You see, I'm the minister here in West Kilbride Parish Church. I'm the chaplain of Kilmarnock Football Club. I support Queen of the South. I'm married to Anna. I have two boys. But are any of these things my true identity? Are they what defines me? No. What's my identity? I am a child of God. I'm a child of God. And for all who, as Paul says, are baptized into Christ and clothed with Christ, that is who we are, a child of God. That's wonderful, isn't it? And let's not think that there's a hierarchy here as if some are favorite children and some are not. Because Paul says, and I want you to realize how how radical this is, what Paul is saying here. He says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is, it, is there male or female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. At one stroke, Paul takes away the hierarchies and says, you're all one in Jesus. doesn't matter your gender. And remember, this was a patriarchal society doesn't matter your, your social class, whether you're a slave or free. doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile. And remember, Paul's been dealing with all these issues in the letter to the Galatians. 
Because what matters? Christ is what matters. Jesus. And when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we are children of God. That's our identity. That's who we are. And if you're a Christian here today, I want you to reflect on how wonderful that is, that you are a child of God. You see, so often we can be guilty of finding our identity in other things, our job title. I speak to people after they've just retired, or maybe they've been in the police for 30 years or been a teacher for 40 years or whatever it might be. And there's that time of, of readjustment. They're no longer a teacher, no longer a, a policeman. They're an ex-policeman, an ex-teacher. What's their identity? They feel lost. Sometimes we look to our job title for our identity. But we shouldn't do that as a Christian. We sometimes look at our background. That's why we're so interested, aren't we, in our, our family trees. And these things are interesting. But that's not our identity. You see, when these things are taken away, we can have an identity crisis. But when we trust in Jesus, we are a child of God, and that will never be taken away. Never. How wonderful is that? If you believe and trust in Jesus, you're always a child of God. And there's no hierarchy in the kingdom. All one in Christ Jesus. So today, when you're leaving this place, if you are in the building here today, please, if you're at home, you can walk away with, from the sofa like this. I want you to leave from this place today your head held high, your chest puffed out, not because of anything that you've done, but simply because you are a child of God. And during those difficult times, and we all face difficulties in our lives, it's good to know, isn't it, that we have that security that can never be taken away from us. No matter what's happening in our life, we know we are a child of God. We are in God's family, and He is for us. Is that not something worth rejoicing in this morning? Of course it is. But wait, there's more. There's more in this passage this morning. You see, in verses 1 to 7 of chapter 4, Paul goes on further to explain, to say that those who were living under the law were subject to the guardianship of the law and were effectively under slavery. But then, in God's perfect timing, Christ came. And Paul says in verse 4 of chapter 4, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Now, what Paul is making clear here is that Jesus is fully God. He came from God. And yet, He's also fully man. He's born of a woman. That He was born under the law. But, of course, Jesus fulfilled the law perfectly. He did the thing that we cannot do because none of us is perfect. And therefore, He redeems those under the law. So, Jesus fulfills the law when we cannot. 
and so that we don't have to. And as we believe and trust in Jesus, we are adopted into the family of God. Now, what does all this mean? It means that we're not just children of God in a feel-good sense, but that we are properly adopted into the family and that we are heirs according to the promise. We're children and we're heirs. We receive the blessings promised to Abraham and more besides. As verse 6 says, because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. You see, when we believe in Jesus and trust in him, we receive the Spirit, the Spirit of his Son. That's a really kind of strange phrase, isn't it? I guess it means the Holy Spirit promised by Jesus. But I think there's something significant, more significant, in what Paul writes here. You see, we, as we know from the Gospels, when Jesus was here on earth, he prayed. And unlike the, the Jews of the time and the, and the Pharisees, Jesus prayed in a very particular way. He prayed in a very intimate way. Why do we know this? What did he call God? Father. He called God Father. Abba, Dad, Daddy. It was intimate. No wonder that the disciples asked Jesus how they were to pray. They'd never seen anything like this, never heard anything like this. And what Paul is saying here is that as believers in Jesus, we are adopted into the family of God, and God sends the Spirit into our hearts that we, in a similar way to Jesus, might call out, Abba, Father. Isn't that wonderful? That because we have received the Spirit, that we can call out to God in such an intimate way. Sometimes we can be guilty of thinking, you know, God is far off. God is high above the heavens. God, the creator of the universe, and so he is. But he's also intimate. He is our Father. And so from this passage today, I want to encourage you that when we have faith in Jesus and when we trust in him, that he has redeemed us from the law and we become children of God, heirs of the promise. That becomes our primary identity. You see, today, as you come to worship, maybe you're worried and concerned about many things. Maybe your mental health hasn't been that great recently. Maybe you have struggled with identity issues, low self-esteem. But look here. Look at what Paul says. When you're a believer in Jesus... You're a child of God, adopted into God's family. And you can call him Father. There is intimacy with God, knowing God, and being known by God. That's stunning, isn't it? How many people are in the world? Billions and billions, seven billion, eight billion. 
And yet God knows you intimately. What does it say in the Psalms? He knows even the number of hairs on your head. That's stunning, isn't it? I don't know how many is in my head. It's getting less by the day. But God knows. You see, to know this identity, all you have to do is to trust in Jesus. And you will receive the Holy Spirit within you. And don't say to me today, look, I'm not good enough. I'm not clever enough. I'm not holy enough. It's not about that. Never was. You see, none of us is. None of us is good enough, holy enough, clever enough. That's the whole reason that Jesus came as Savior into the world. And remember, it doesn't matter how the world sees us, male, female, Jew, Gentile, slave, or free. What matters is what God sees. And when we believe and trust in Jesus, we're all one in Christ Jesus. And so I encourage you today, if you're struggling in your identity, come to Jesus. Then you will find out who you truly are. And when you do, may you walk ten foot tall as you understand I am a child of God. I'm an heir of the promises. I am able to call God Father. What could be more wonderful than these great truths? May you know them deep in your heart, deep in your soul today, as you trust the Lord Jesus. Amen. Shall we just pray together? Let's pray. Lord God, over these last number of weeks, we've been on a journey with Paul. We have seen his frustrations with these Galatian believers who are tempted to fall back into a way of trying to keep the law when the law was only there as a guardian for a set time. And truly, it's always been about faith. Faith in the Lord Jesus. Lord God, we ask for forgiveness for those times when we, too, fall back into trying to keep the law. When we try to find our identity in other things, our job title, our family even our background, our achievements, rather than looking towards you. Lord God, we thank you for this great truth that Paul proclaims in this passage today, that when we believe and trust in Jesus, then we are adopted into your family, that we are children of God, and we can come before you and call you Father. We thank you that more than that, Lord God, that we are heirs of the promise, the blessings promised to Abraham, fulfilled in Jesus. We give you grateful thanks for all that you have done for us and the blessings you have poured out upon us. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would draw us back to yourself today. If we realize that we have 
turned away from you, found their identity in other things. And if we recognize in our life, Lord God, that we've never truly trusted in Jesus, we pray that you would bring us to faith in you, that we too might know the joy of our salvation, that we too might know the dwelling, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within, that we too might know what it is to be a child of God. So, Heavenly Father, we ask that you would speak to us through your word today and that we might know your encouragement. For we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.